Hey there, fight fans. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe this episode of Combat Sports Talk. Welcome to Combat Sports Talk, a podcast dedicated to UFC and Bellator discussion, the MMA community, and combat sports in general. I'm your host, Ryan Smith, and joining me this week is the man with the keys to victory, John Key. Hey, what's happening, Combat Sports Talk world? We are here live again on another beautiful Sunday. Um, what's going on? What's up? What's up? What are you What are you trying to position over there? Because well, you know, see, for- okay, so uh, my magic display. See, I need to get this out to you, man, because you know, we thought we were gonna get rid of these these masks, but Delta says, you know, COVID said, I don't think so. So I these are magic displays, and what they are, they're LED masks. You can uh-huh. press this, and you can write anything on there. Look you at know? that. Look, Look at that. that. So for, for those of you who can't see the, the video, he's got this mask, and Combat Sports Talk is slowly scrolling across the mask. So you could potentially have anything that you want uh, on, on the mask. That's really, indeed. really cool. Yeah, indeed. And if you know if you guys are, are, are want one or anything like that, let me know. I'll, I'll, I'll get something out there to you. You got to get – I got to get you yours, though, for real. You, I, I will rock George, it. I'll yeah, rock it. You, George. <laughs> and your kids and everything like that i gotta get those out there to y'all all right all right make it let's make all it happen right. all so, right we'll do um, sir so you know i'm really excited because mm-hmm. we've got you know we we broke some news last week about george uh g money stallworth actually getting back into the ring and fighting um this week this upcoming weekend yes so, uh, yes so we have to make that fight pick Okay, that's fine because you know what I I, I was I actually been trying to do some research on uh-huh. on uh, George's opponent. I can't find any info on him, so he's like he's like deep underground guy. Yeah, um, he, you know, he, yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna come out looking like the guy that uh, that Luke Skywalker had to fight on the Return of the Jedi. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that dude. Yeah, in, 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 in you know, in the in Job of the Hutt's pit, right? Remember that? Yeah. Yes, exactly. He's gonna walk to the ring. He's like, you know, you serve your master well and everything. Throw the hand gesture and everything. You know, All I right. mean, it, uh, this guy's gonna be. It's gonna be a good fight because George is angry right now. Because I've been talking a lot of trash to George, so he gotta take it out on somebody. You got, okay? He gotta so, take it out on somebody. And fortunately, and I, it has I ain't not gonna been be me. the one. Right. <laughs> I ain't gonna be the one. <laughs> I am not gonna be the one either. But somebody who had to be the one was Tiago Moises, who faced off against Man. Islam. Makhachev. I don't know if you got to watch the broadcast live or not. Either way, if you watch the fight, do you notice how much effort they went into saying Islam Makhachev, his name? Like they were like really yeah. getting that. They, they, in. The Hockman. Yeah, they yeah. had the Hockman in there. You know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like it was it was super funny to listen to Michael Bisping because he was like. Yes, and you know he's got his British accent, so you know I was like, oh, I was really looking at the thing, and then Islam, <laughs> <laughs> like, come on, bro! Only like, one was... person actually got it right 
well, two people. It was Bruce Buffner and, and, and Karen Bryant. They were the only two people that got it uh, right the entire you, night. You felt, <laughs> I, felt, I felt like I felt like John Anik was, was doing a pretty good job too. But uh, you know, I, I have to go back. But I I know Karen Bryant had it. She actually got it. But yeah, definitely her and Bruce Buffer were the only yeah. two I noticed that actually got it. <laughs> yeah. So so Islam Mahashev is is. Hey man, is, I don't uh, want no Hockman on the mic, dog. Okay, yeah, okay. I don't want none but, of that Hockman. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the only hockey we want to see is the, is 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 in New Zealand, but uh, but still, I mean, this we're talking about a guy who's a protege of of Habib Nurmagomedov, and yes. you know, many people say that he has the opportunity to be better than than uh than Habib Nurmagomedov, and you know, it's it's one of those things that right now everybody they put in front of him gets finished or gets stopped or, you know, nobody has really touched him. Um and shown that they can do any damage. So having yeah. Tiago Moises come in this ring as a credible threat to Islam Makhachev's uh, 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 rise and ascent was what we wanted to see. So let's go into it. This is the official decision. This is the official decision. This is where we look at the fights on Saturday night. We had five fights on the card. UFC Vegas 31, Mahashev versus Moises. Uh, this was Saturday, July 17th, 2021 at the Apex Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, Billy Quarantino defeated Gabriel Benitez via TKO at 3 minutes, 40 seconds in round number three. People were saying this was a strange knockout because, you know, Billy Quarantino, the position that he had on Gabriel Benitez whenever he finished that fight. Yes, um, and just honorable mention because uh, Billy Q, it was it was back and forth for a long for the entire match, and then mm -hmm. Billy Q came out of nowhere with it. But let's make this an honorable mention for the preliminaries. The preliminaries really set the set the tone and the pace for the entire for the entire matches and i mean there was some it, it was some strange fights going on mm -hmm. in there i mean there were high intensity fights but there were strange fights uh at the end of this well I'll, I'll i'll point out one that was really like wow but yes billy q he went in there got the got the got the w i thought he was going to get choked out for a minute but he came out on top so all right all right dustin uh i mean rodolfo vieira uh, defeated Dustin Stoltfus uh, via submission in round number three, rear naked choke. Uh, Jeremy Stevens, we thought he was, you know, I guess Jeremy Stevens has to injure his opponent um, before the fight in order to have a chance because Matus Gamrat defeated Jeremy Stevens via submission, got him in a Kimura, and we don't see very many Kimuras anymore. You know, nah. Kimura defense is, 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 is really kind of straightforward these days. That you see people grabbing the inside of their thigh that really keeps that arm, you know, tucked in and, and, and tight. Um, and, and so to see someone lose by Kimura, it's just, you know, well, we did see, uh, what, what's his name? Uh, Jacare Souza get his arm broken, yeah. right? But, uh, yes. But, it, it, but we don't see Kimura's successful very often. Well, it's sort of like the heel hook, you know, um, it's been used so much that we that people know what to how to defend it well. It was just this time, Gamut um, Gamut he, Gam, uh, he just he 
he just yanked it good. And because I thought that, you know, because they, they were saying that he was doing everything right. And then all of a sudden you start seeing it slip. And it's like, are you sure he's doing it right? And then yank. It was out there. And then he really put the crank on. And, you know, Jeremy Stevens, I mean, he, he had no choice. And as I believe it was John Ennick that said, you know, you, you saw both uh, the thrill of victory and the agony of defeat in the in the cage at the same time. So, you know, it was really sad for Jeremy. See, but it was just one of those things that he just got caught. You know, it wasn't yeah. I wouldn't say it was a rookie mistake. I just saying that the intensity that they went in there and they fought with, it was just a little bit much. It was it was a short fight. I mean, round yeah, it was. one. So you know one minute. <clears throat> Hey, 65 seconds, man. Changes, changes <laughs> lives, man. Um, Marion Renault uh, went out on her shield against the return of the cupcake, Misha Tate, who defeated Marion Renault via TKO, punches and elbows at 153 of round number three. You know, the fact is, is Marion uh, Renault, you know, was, was a game opponent, but she was never really leading the exchanges the entire time. Nah, nah, not at all. She, it, you know, I hate to say that you know when you know a person's getting ready to retire, they're just in there just to just to, just to play the motions, just like the last day of work that you know you're like I'm just here just to you know go through the motions and be done ceremoniously. You really think so? I don't. That, I, that's, I hate that's to kind say of dis- about discounting her. discounting what Misha Tate did. I mean, I think Marion Renault went I'm, in there and, with and, the intent and, to win. I'm not going to discount what Misha Tate did. And I'm just saying that from her side kind of seemed like it after a while because I've seen some of her fights. She's a dogged fighter, okay? Marion Renault, if you want to see a person that she said herself, her legacy was, I don't quit. And if you go back and look at her fights, she don't quit. She she was a dogged fighter. She was rugged, and she would use very sneaky but very intelligent moves to, to end people's game, okay? So let's talk about Misha Tate. Misha Tate came in there, and she was like, look, I'm back, and I'm, and I'm painful. And she was the entire fight, okay? You know, before they called her Cupcake, which, I, you know – cute nickname you know throws people off oh she's cute you know she's cute all the way up to she gives you that fist and then mm-hmm. her real her real original uh nickname was takedown her, her you know it was misha takedown take oh, wow. and yeah and she's good at it and she and as you saw there and it was kind of a dirty move that you know renault kind of grabbed the fence but misha wasn't having any of that and oh, she, she snatched picked her up her, yeah she <laughs> picked her up and gently but not so gently, put it back on the ground, okay? Right. And I was like, oh, wow, that was the nicest way to slam somebody into the, into the dirt. I was like, wow, yeah. that was pretty good. But, well, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And, and and no crow is eaten because both of us had Misha Tate winning that fight, so therefore, there you go. Have we, had, we, we had that pick. Um, I don't always have Misha Tate. I, I can name some fights where I did not have Misha Tate winning. And I don't uh, think you had Misha Tate winning the, the Holly Holmes fight. I don't think you did. And I told you, uh, yeah, she's gonna win that. I, I, I don't have think to go. Did. We'd have we'd have to go back and and and, yeah. and check that one. And um, I mean, she choked her out pretty good. So, oh, because uh, because I remember questioning whether or not um, uh, there was a ground game that that um, that Holly Holm had. So I, I'll have to go back I, and look. We'll at have it. to go back. We'll have to because, go back we'll because I remember back. saying Holly Holm. I mean, you know, I don't know. I I can't I can't speak to it. But uh, I, I, we should go back and, and, and listen to that recording and see what it is. The thing is, is it all the recordings are there? Um, yes, it is. Where, where is it event? at? Wait a minute, where is it at? 
it, well, it's on CombatSportsTalk.com, or oh, what yeah. you can do is go to really any of your favorite podcasting platforms. Go back to that uh, to that to that time of the uh, you know of the calendar. We should still have archives out there uh, on your favorite uh, podcasting platform as well. Uh, Indeed, we, we're looking at the main event now: Islam Makhachev versus Tiago Moises. Makhachev defeated Moises via submission, rear naked choke at round number four. Um, I, I think that they had it right when they said that when Islam uh, when Tiago Moises got up from the from the mat. At the end of round number two, he pretty much knew that there was nothing he could do to win this fight. Exactly. I mean, there, you know, are you sure? Was it at the end of round two? I could have sworn they said that at the end of round one, they said that they saw the the fight just leave yeah. him. I, I think I think it was at the end of round number two because uh, because okay. uh, t- uh, Makhachev didn't get the uh, didn't really get dominant position until the very end of round number one. At round yeah. number two is whenever he, he I think he might have actually cut uh, uh, Tiago Moises and it was he, it when, was when he got, when he got up he took like a deep breath and was like dude I'm in it for three more rounds you know I just yeah. I, I don't want to get finished now like like you go I think I think the, the fighter mentality and 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 not having actually done any more than boxed against Kalechi twice so let me let me go ahead and put my credentials out there um but I think I, I I think you get in your head that like okay I've pulled every trick I've done everything that I know how to do and I can't stop this guy so I'm now going from I can win this fight to let me not lose this fight, right? Like, right. I don't, I don't want to get stopped. I don't want to get um, submitted. I don't want, you know, I want to make it to the bell, right? Um, right. And, and I feel like that was what his goal became coming into round three and into round four. Because after he gets to round four, it was like, why am I here? Dude is fighting <laughs> for his life at this point. Yeah, and and I mean, so here we are. We're looking at the guy that could be, you know, the that is a training partner of Habib and he's coming in and doing almost everything that Habib did. If not, you know, in a more, you know, he's more of a stand-up guy than Habib was a ground as Habib was a ground guy, but this guy was really well-rounded to take him down. So this is even scarier than Habib because we knew Habib game. Well, is it scarier that is it, what's more scarier Habib who we knew what his game plan was and he did it anyway, or we have a guy that has a game plan where it doesn't matter what we do, he's going to he's going to drain your will, which is scarier. Uh, you know, you know I, I I think that it has to be the guy that there there's there's no refuge, right? Like mm. with 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 Habib, you know he's going to take you down, but there's always the chance that if I can keep this fight from going down, I have a chance. Who? Wait a minute, but <laughs> I'm just no. Who? You're asking me. You're asking me. Yeah, like, yeah, which, I'm which asking one is, you. Which, you know, which which poison would I want? Do I want strychnine or do I want arsenic? <laughs> so I'm, I'm like, trying to make I'm trying to make an argument for arsenic over strychnine. That's what I'm doing right now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Please continue on. Do, do you want to get shot or do you want to get stabbed? Like we, you know. <laughs> Cause I'm like that. I mean, neither one. I mean, neither one's a good day. I mean, no, let's put it that's there. neither thing. one's a good day. It's, but it's I mean, bad either way. I'm like, I'm looking at Habib, and I'm like, I know what he's going to do, and there's nothing I can do to stop this man. 
That's literally what you're facing against. The guy that you're like, I know what he's going to do. He's going to come in this ring. He's going to get me on a, on a single leg or a double leg, and I'm going to the ground, and he's going to beat on me. Or And when he's get tired of beating on me, he's going to choke on me, and I'm done. Okay? Yeah. That's literally what he does. And versus the guy like, no matter what I throw at him, it's not working. Okay, so that's why I'm making the argument that the you guy know, that no matter what you – because at least there is the hope that, that maybe <laughs> I'm not the guy that's going to execute it. But if I can keep the fight standing, I have a chance against Habib Nurmagomedov. That is okay. the argument, right? That is the plan. That Everybody okay. goes in with the same game plan. Don't get taken down. Yeah. When you're fighting Islam Mahachev, it's like – don't get taken down. Okay, so then he beats you on the feet. Okay, don't. Then let's take this fight to the ground. Oh, then he beats you on the ground. There's nowhere to run. Nowhere to. He said, he said it to RDA at the end in the post fight uh, the post fight interview. He was like, "Listen, you know, Paul Felder, you took this. You took a fight against RDA on two weeks' notice." He goes, "I'm giving this guy three months. There's nowhere to hide, RDA, and that's the way it is. Is that there's no place to hide from Islam Makachev. And so I'm just saying. Oh, I'm sorry, Islam Makachev. Uh, yeah, there's no place to hide from him, and I think that is scarier mm. because at least there is a chance. There's, you know, it's it's a it's it's you you know you got to hit three bullseyes in a row against uh you know or five bullseyes in a row against uh, Habib Nurmagomedov, but there is no board, there is no target against Islam Makachev. It just doesn't exist. There's, you can't hit a bullseye because nothing you do works. So I think that it Habib Nurmagomedov. Awful, 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 you know, odds to, to fight him. But I feel like that there's a step worse that it could be, and that is Islam Mahashev. So yeah, so are we making a are we making a a, a, a theory that you know Makhachev is a is the perfect fighter right now? Uh, you know, I I, I I I won't go so far as to call him a perfect fighter. I'm just saying that he is he is worthy for us to Oh yeah, to get on that hype train, he—he's for real. Oh yeah, he's—he's he's legit. He—he's going to be a champion. There, I don't think I can't think of anybody in the division right now. And, and I, I will say it. And there's a lot of killers in the lightweight division. There is nobody right now that will stop him from holding that belt. I, I just want to see him fight a top five fighter now. Like that's what I want to see. Uh, yeah. I'm, 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 I, you know, I'm tired of him fighting, you know, people that are clearly not as good as him. But the question becomes, what happens when he fights Justin Gaethje and you introduce those leg kicks? What happens when you introduce someone like Michael Chandler, who is a dynamic wrestler? What do you do when you introduce someone like Charles Oliveira, who I would say is another person who's got great striking and great ground game he's just not a wrestler he's a grappler and you know when you follow this sport enough you start seeing that there is a difference between being a wrestler and a grappler yes absolutely i will say the the deciding factor you know like most of jacks jackson winklejohn uh fighters um is what's in the corner and in this case yeah. I think when we get those those fights up there at that level, Habib in the corner will make a difference. Okay? Yes, it does. And, I, and you I, saw <laughs> you saw in like what round number three in round three, uh, Tiago Moises had Islam Makhachev in a in a in a heel hook, 
And you yes. you saw uh, Makachev go stop, look at his corner, and just like say like, "What do you want me to do?" Exactly, and, and that's then really starts scary. Taking over. And then Habib <laughs> starts taking over, and you start hearing, and it's like, okay, all right, shoot, here we go. And then you see him start <laughs> disentangling it, and it's like, dude, how unfair is it that you have someone like Habib Nurmagomedov now standing on, you know, on, from the outside looking in, what I like to call, you know, uh, I, I say this a lot to Kalechi about standing outside the maelstrom. So he's outside of the fight, and he, you, he can speak to you in Russian and tell you how to get out of these situations and nobody like nobody can understand like if I if I was going into the UFC right now I can tell you right now that I would either I'd probably start learning Russian on my spare time mm. I'd learn Russian yeah. or I'd learn Portuguese and well, yes most definitely most and, definitely. and 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 just so that you can start hearing what the instructions are coming from these uh, from 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 these coaches are, but wouldn't you like to be able to hear Habib Nurmagomedov explaining to his fighter in Russian how to get out of this hill hook, and and be able to then do something to to stop it? Because at the end of the day, how unfair is it? I agree with you. It's unfair that you have someone as dynamic a fighter as Islam Mahashev, and then you have Habib Nurmagomedov in the corner um, barking orders. That's just not fair. And, and on top of that, not only is he barking orders, I mean, you that's literally, you have the perf, the, the per, man who retired with the undefeated record, no longer in the fight, but now he's the general on the outside looking in and can tell you exactly how things are going. That's really scary. Oh, okay? oh, but, oh let, let's, let's not stop there, though. Let's not huh. stop there. Because you've got Islam Mahashev, who is this dynamic fighter on the feet or on the ground you got Habib Nurmagomedov in the corner oh and you got Javier Mendez as well <laughs> so you win you win just by right. coaches I mean, there should be like uh, an evaluation as you come to the ring like whoever is your co your corner staff you'd be like well you know what we're gonna call this off because it's already a one it's already a one yeah yeah right and, and you know? you're, you're, tra you're training you're training with the likes of daniel cormier even though daniel cormier is retired he still shows up at aka so oh, you see yeah. him in the background being like the you know the the you know just the the you know the person who gives you the uh, he's Mickey. You know, the, 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 yeah, he's the guy who gives you the pep talk and stuff like that. You're a bum and everything like that, you know, and getting and getting, you know, tell him to do this and do that. I mean, AKA. I mean, think about it. Think about it though. Think about it. Think about it. Daniel Cormier is an analyst, so he has all of the footage, and so just so that he can break down the fights, he's sitting there with all the analysts. He's sitting there with all the other fighters. They're going through and deconstructing these fighters so that they can speak on camera. He could take that back into AKA and be like, hey, by the way, you know, something interesting that we noticed while we were watching video is that this fighter does this. So now you've actually got this may be cheating at this point. <laughs> but, you know, it's well, that really fair kind of cheating. It. So if you really think about it, so. We have Daniel Cormier at AKA. Yep. Who else on the on the commentary staff is has their gym? And there's some wait, what where does Trevor Whitman? where Trevor Whitman come out of? He has his own He's gym. Out of, uh, huh? Trevor Whitman has his own gym though, right? Yeah, and who who fights out of Trevor Whitman's gym? Well, uh 
Rose Nama Yunes. You've got, I think that uh, 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 Kamaru Usman has gone up there now. You've got TJ Dillashaw coming out of there. You've got Amanda Nunes coming out of there. See a pattern? Okay, let's look at uh, Dean. Dean, uh, uh, he's he was a he's a he's an analyst up there. Who was his boy? Who was his his boy at the time? Dean Thomas. Uh, Michael Chandler. <laughs> Michael Chandler. Um. Uh. 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 Oh God, I don't. I, 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 I guess. I guess Kamar Usman because Kamar Tyron Woodley. Tyron Woodley. Yeah. Uh huh. Who was uh? Let's see here. Who else? Who else on the East Coast had, had, was a commentator at one point? The point I'm making is we is that a lot the of these yeah, a lot of these coaches that were commentating also had champions in their stable. Okay, we Either just they, cracked the code. I think we did. We might get shut down by 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 Dana oh, now. No, no. What's gonna happen? <laughs> what's gonna happen? Someone's gonna show up on our doorstep and they're gonna be like, "All right." Uh, we're gonna have this conversation. You gonna stop talking about this on the show, or you know we gonna we we gonna drop a train on you. I don't like trains being <laughs> dropped on me. Not the hype train you're looking for. Not the kind of hype train <laughs> I'm looking for. I think that's what it is, man. But I if you really think about it, because I mean, AKA, you know, for what it is, it's a bunch of wrestling meatheads out there. Okay, they are, and it's okay. I'm cool with that. You know. But they, but they have gotten, they have, they have elevated their fight game in leaps and bounds. It's the intelligence that we're starting to see, and so yeah. this is something that I'm not, you know, that I don't know how it, you know, how it works. I would love for Daniel Cormier or someone to explain to me, you know, how, you know, how they're, how involved he is, and how, you know, they prepare for fights. Because at the end of the day, in order for him to speak about, or in order for any of these analysts to speak about, um intelligently about what's going to happen on these fights they've got to watch a ton of film and if you find something if you find a weakness why wouldn't you go and tell your boy in your gym exactly we figured out the code look at us i think we got it we're big big brain people right here yeah watch this space people i think we got it all right yeah i i look I'm, i'm i'm i think i think that we should write an article i'm i don't you know i don't like to write you know blog articles and that's why combat sports talk almost never has an article written is because I prefer to do the podcast than I yeah. do. But I think it's worth an, 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 an you know, a discussion to, to write something that really goes into the fact that, you know, specifically Islam Makhachev, because, you know, you've got the Dagestani connection, you know, where, he, where, you know, his career career has kind of taken off. You've got the, um, you've got Habib Nurmagomedov in his corner. You've got Javier Mendez on his corner. You've got Daniel Cormier in his corner. Daniel Cormier has access to unlimited resources, videos, analysts, things like that. I think that it's, um, I, I think that that's something that will will definitely be, it, that that's this just, I, I we we gonna cover that. All right, let's yeah. let's go ahead and close the book on this one uh, and put this card on the shelf because. This card is history. Now let's go into our next segment where we talk about the headlines that are making waves in the UFC world. This is Finding the Angles. (laughs) 
All right, this is Finally Angles. This is where we talk about the headlines that are making waves in the UFC world. We the, the challenge with us doing Sunday shows, we used to do we used to do Monday shows, and so you would get a little bit of the news cycle. So we're a little bit ahead of the news cycle coming out of these major pay-per-views. So we don't get to we don't get to talk about some of these things that um, you know, that uh happened during the week in the in the wake of a pay-per-view and so one of the things that we learned about was the fact that conor mcgregor has said that he came into the ufc 264 main event with uh micro fractures around his ankle where he actually broke it um so conor mcgregor said i had stress fractures in my legs going into the cage against dustin poirier he said that he had been training without a pad and using and kicking a lot, um, and so therefore he had the he had the uh, injuries. He said that he was. Um, people were asking me when was the leg broke. He said at what point was the leg break? Dana White asked the UFC, asked Dr. Davidson, the head doctor of the UFC. I had stress factors in my leg going into the cage. So it's 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 kind of a scary thing if Conor McGregor is telling me telling us that he had stress fractures. His camp knew that he had stress fractures. Dana White knew he had stress fractures. The doctor, the, the head doctor of the UFC, knew that he had stress fractures. And they let him go into the cage anyway. And, and, and I, know you, I know your argument is about you step into the cage, you let them close the door, you're 100%, regardless of what injuries you have. But if people know ahead of time that you have injuries and they let you go into the ring still, because of how big the event is, how much money the event is, then your health and safety is placed after the dollar. Okay, and all right, so let's let's talk about that. So as you know, you pretty much answered both you know, a half of this question. That I'm a firm believer of. If you walk in that cage and you close the door behind you, you say you say that you are 100%. However, the other half of this this conversation is saying, but the you're saying that the CEO of UFC, the doctors that the CEO said are supposed to be, you know, neutral in this entire situation, knew that you had it, and your staff knew that you had it, and they said, just go ahead and walk in there anyway. That's where it becomes a problem because while the fighter is one thing, okay, the fighter's mentality is one thing. It is the everybody, it's the people outside of the fighters' camp, the officials, the doctors, everything like that. Those are the people that are supposed to protect the fighter. Fighter's going to be crazy, but the officials who are running this event, who are trying to make sure there's not a death in the ring or a catastrophic injury in the ring, should be watching it. Otherwise, we have nothing but pit fighting going on. So, yeah, yeah I have a yeah. big problem with this. Yeah, and, and, and so for Conor McGregor to speak so cavalierly about it, like, you go, go ahead, ask them. I, I had an injury coming into the ring that led to this disgusting break. And by the way, if you haven't seen it, Go to our YouTube page. <laughs> you get to see my reaction. As this, like, I cannot handle sports injuries. Like, I just can't imagine that Connor would think so little of himself to to not want to protect what is clearly a, a, a risk. And then, you know, it's it just I'm, I'm, I'm appalled with the notion that this could be true. Now, I'm going to tell you, I don't believe it. All right, but it, All right, but so. if, but if I if I were to say if this was true, it's appalling. It it's unethical. 
it's uh, it, it, it it it's it's immoral. There's there's so many things wrong with this. Yeah, there's a lot of problems if this is true. Okay, so I want to be the one to sit there and agree with you and say that I don't believe this for one second. Because if if this is true, we need some receipts. However, yeah, we gotta we gotta sit there and say this is the same Conor McGregor that sat there and told the world that T.J. Dillashaw was a snake and that he will betray you. He told, he told, um, Uriah Faber. Yeah, Uriah, that he was going to betray him, and nobody believed him until it actually happened. So, well, the thing is, is that, you know, what they're saying is that, that um, Conor McGregor did release training photos of his bum ankle that he, he, and he said that, there's a video that's coming out on Netflix, I guess, uh, uh, behind the scenes of the lead-up to Netflix. UFC 264, because um, they paid the most. Uh, yeah. and, and, and what he said is that you will get to see the fact that he injured his ankle and that there were problems in the, uh, in the change. He goes, I had multiple stress fractures in the shin and bone above the ankle. I also had trouble with the ankle anyways through the years of fighting all the time. He says, I was also wrapping my ankle in every training session. So, okay, so we're so supposedly receipts are coming. Okay, so that's one thing. Once again, he is saying that I'm aware of this. I was doing this. I knew what I was doing. That's one thing. But if we get one doctor that sits there and like, you know, from the UFC and sits there and says, Well, you know what? Just keep it to yourself, then we're gonna have a problem. If we get Dana White on the on the screen and sits there and says, Well, keep it to yourself then we're going to have a problem, okay? That's what we look for. Otherwise, I'm just going to sit there and be like, so, you went into the ring. And good job for marketing Netflix there, MacLife. I, I, I see what you did. So so here's the thing. So there are a couple of doctors um, that Dr. Uh, Rajpal Brar and Dr. David Abbasi uh, were, were two doctors, and I think they're sports medicine doctors, so they – they, they, they carry some credibility in conversations about this. And what okay. they're saying is, is that, you know, this is the kind of double-edged sword. On the one hand, either Conor McGregor is lying about being injured um, and the, the, the stress fracture, the, the fracture being uh, a stress fracture that, is, uh, that was a result of training, or there's a malpractice uh, threat to the UFC and the Dr. Uh, Davidson who uh, who's the head head doctor at the UFC for letting Connor go into the ring with a known injury that could result in what happened on on last Saturday night or two Saturday nights ago. Uh, so they they actually commented and what the, what Doctor uh, Doctor Raj said is um, you know if you're Connor and Connor's camp coach and you have a concern about that leg, why would you continue to focus on using that leg for calf kicks? Or teeps if you know there's a higher risk of it breaking, especially with a fighter like Connor who's relatively new to those kicks. You know the precision is going to be down when it increases the risk. So, what they're saying is, why are you gonna if you know that there's a problem with that ankle, if you know that there's a problem with the leg and it's got fractures, why use it? Exactly. Exactly. I mean, and, and for him to say that he's new to those types of kick, Connor McGregor was a kickboxer. Okay, so is that it's not that he's new to those types of kicks. It's just that, you know, he know better. 
Well, he, he should, I, is, is he new to, like, I don't remember. Like, I remember Connor throwing various kicks uh, early in his career, and he got away from it because he fancied himself a boxer, which, granted, his early career was boxing, but he's not a boxer, right? Right. Um, the the, uh, the it's, it's going for calf kicks. It's going for these other kicks that maybe he didn't throw before that now fighters are getting better at checking. Right. You would you would have to think that that Dustin Poirier, if you start throwing the calf kick and you see the power of the calf kick, the first thing you do is you learn how to effectively check a calf kick, because right. it's kind of like the Princess Bride. If you're gonna <laughs> use iocane powder, you better have a resistance to iocane powder. Touche, <laughs> touche. See, well, see, wait. Let me just pause here and say. How come I just get like like I'm throwing these movie references? I know that's your your area. You throw the movie references back at us. Like I'm giving you some movie references here. Come on, man, you gotta give me some props. I'm giving you mad props because I'm not dissing you for it. All right. I'm not saying that this is not the way, man. This does not equate. <laughs> I'm not doing that. I'm letting you say. I'm letting you feel your feelings, dog. I'm like, yes, let it flow through you. Yes, I feel the dark side. <laughs> all right Ugh. so so uh doc, dr abasi said uh dr david abasi said fair enough uh-huh. i think it's possible that he definitely could have something going on in terms of stress reaction or stress fracture i would definitely be interested in seeing what imaging studies his doctors got including a potential mri you know um but then we got to see the fracture like like they put out the uh the, the x-ray photos right and that's the thing about social media right and trying to keep the fans engaged you're putting out your pictures of you, you know your your hipaa hipaa protected pictures out on on social media and you got doctors who can actually look at it and so yeah. dr abasi also looked at the pictures um and he said that he just zoomed in mri uh, from connor post he goes um it's a, let's see here. I'm, I'm I'm trying to read through the uh, through through the uh, screw down the pictures with those pictures. Uh, Connor continued to suggest that the injury was uh, in the fight was due to previous injuries. But what Dr. Abbasi said is that the MRI shows contusion, bruising to the ankle joint uh, appears unrelated to the break based on his view. So basically, mm. Dr. Abbasi said, yes, there is bruising to the ankle. There's bruising, you know, to the foot or whatever. But not where the break happened. Ooh, them receipts hurt. <laughs> then, yeah. Make sure, hey Connor, just a word to the wise: make sure you know what the receipt says before you present them receipts. Exactly. Get a professional opinion, then put out. Okay, because you're gonna get a doctor just like what just happened to sit there and says, Ah, nah, bruh. Okay, I don't think it's like that. Right. So. Now, mil- millions of fans who want to believe that Connor went in there with injuries um, and that that Dustin Poirier wasn't wasn't the uh, the person who gets credit for uh, for finishing Connor. Uh, I'm sorry, my friend. It looks like Connor McGregor is 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 just trying to extend this to a U- uh, to a Dustin Poirier uh, Connor McGregor four. Um, so so we were talking about it. Nevada Athletic Commission has said that they did not know. That there was an issue, he go and, and so um, the the head of uh, the NAC, Nevada Athletic Commission, 
uh, Bob Bennett said, if we ever knowingly had information a fighter wasn't fit to fight, we wouldn't let them compete. It would go to a doctor, and a doctor would make that decision as the expert. And so this goes in the face of Connor saying, ask Dana White, ask the UFC, ask David Anderson, or David da- Dr. Davidson, about, uh, about a leg that they knew and that he had stress fractures. So it, it, it comes to they falsified the health report if this is true. Otherwise, yes. Connor is not being honest about his condition coming into the UFC. Yes, and this could if 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 somebody's lying. Okay, let's just put it out there. I mean, and this whole situation is a mess. Okay, a hot mess at that. Um, from the fact that from what everything that Connor has said about you know Dustin's Poirier's wife, what he's going to do to this man, he showed up. He put out a picture of his child of Dustin Poirier's child, and since mm-hmm. retracted it immediately but still you know did it did a john jones tweet and delete yeah and you know it was just like everything he's doing it's like it's not cool none of it is being cool so this could be just another one of his ways of not admitting that he just got that he got you know he lost yep you don't you don't necessarily have to say he got beat but he did lose all right, and yeah. that should be that should be more. He could have, you know, and every other Connor, every other time that Connor has lost, he's always been humble, right? You know, but this time, what was it about this time where he is still on fire? Okay, I don't get it. I don't understand. I don't understand it. Is it because he's he feared that people are gonna say, "Well, McGregor, you ain't got it no more." Which, let's put it to every other fighter that ever had a leg break. You know, we we heard Anderson Silva. He broke his leg. He ain't got it anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, Chris Wyman, he breaks his leg. He ain't got it anymore. Well, it's likely he doesn't have it anymore. He's still recuperating from the leg break. We don't know. But Chris Wyman coming into that fight against Uriah Hall probably yeah. didn't have it anymore. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean... So Conor McGregor, I mean, the way that he got beat up by Dustin Poirier the time before, um, you know, I just I, I don't think that he's going to be competitive at 155. I, I'm sorry, guys. Like, I know that there's a lot of Conor fans that are like, you know, you guys hate on Conor. You hate on Conor. You hate on Conor. If Conor would have won that fight, we would be singing the praises of Conor and start looking at what he's going to do against uh Charles Oliveira, what does it mean? Connor's back. I mean, go back to when we talked when we when when we had the fight against Cowboy Cerrone, right? Like we were like, you know, Cowboy can't comes out slow, but Connor dispatched him super fast. Like we weren't yes. super negative about Connor when Connor Connor beat uh, Cowboy Cerrone, but now we're looking at two fights lost to to uh, Dustin Poirier in rapid succession, and Connor McGregor uh, is looking for this fourth fight, and Chael Sonnen's like, look. You get whipped so bad that you break, you don't get a rematch. That's it. I mean, that's there's only two way. There's two ways you don't get a rematch. That's with a a submission, and that's with a leg break. All right. That that because you hey, that's just it. Because one, you voluntarily gave up, and two, your body sit voluntarily gave up. Okay, mm-hmm. so there it is. You know. 
Yep. There and is so, no rematch clause for yeah, that. And 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 so we're looking at it and, and remember there were two 10-8s in the end of the first in, in on the first round scorecard. Now I know so that there are people there there are Connor fans who are like, "But wait, Michael Chandler had 10-8s against Charles Oliveira and Charles Oliveira made it to the second round and finished Michael Chandler." Fair point. Fair point. Here's the response though. Connor didn't make it to the second round. There you go. If there Connor made it is. in the second round and finished him, then there'd be a whole other story. But exactly. Connor didn't make it to the second round. So we don't know that Connor would have been like Charles Oliveira. And so That's... and so that there you go, folks. It's like what we have, the data that the only, we can only make decisions based upon the data that we have. And the data that we have is that Dustin Poirier finished Connor McGregor in Connor McGregor, Dustin Poirier to Connor McGregor two, and then Connor McGregor broke in 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 the rematch. That's yeah. two to one. Rubber match is done. Go on, tread further, uh, Dustin Poirier, because you now get to fight the, for the championship. Conor McGregor, you need to heal up and find another path forward, sir. But it's yeah, not going to be down in Lafayette. Yeah, because right now you're looking at about you know even though they say it's about six weeks six for months, a leg yeah. to, to yeah, oh, yeah six weeks to six months, mm-hmm. you're looking at about a year to be back in form. Okay, mm-hmm. that's another fighting year off your life. You are all you're, you're 37 now. Wait, no, okay, Connor's not that old. Uh, not that I, old. I, I believe he. Hold on, hold on. And you know what? Let me look here. Corner, Corner McGregor. He's 33. 33. Okay, so you're about 37 in fight years. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> way to go, way to go. That's good. That's good. <laughs> so no, I'll kid decide. If he has it in him to come back and, and, and continue fighting, that's fine. But understand this, Connor. You're not going to be – you shouldn't fight in the top five anymore. You need to start looking in the top 15 and start back there and work your way back up into the top five because these fighters now are not the same fighters you came into and you were wrecking shop on, okay? Right. They've done met you and passed you now. Okay, even the top ten, they have met you and met met your skill level and passed you, and these are killers now. Okay, right. now Connor you has fallen; to... he's fallen from five to seven, so he's now ranked number mm. seven at lightweight. So you need to start at number twelve and just work your way back up. I, I know All a right? number nine ranked fighter he could fight. Who? Islam Mahasha. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, see, go ahead. Hey, go ahead. See, okay, that's coming from that that and, and that is a Herb Dean fight, if you will, <laughs> um, where he must appease to the fight gods again. And no, let's not do that. Okay. Ooh, but it, what if he does come back and challenge him? What if he comes back and say, "I'll be your Huckleberry"? It, 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 you know, that's the thing, though, is if you want to fight Islam Makhachev, I mean, Islam's probably going to go up the up the rankings. I wouldn't be surprised if Islam went up to number sits. eight or number seven, you know, um, in, in the rankings. right there. Sits mm-hmm. right there by Connor. Connor, if you want to get at Habib Nurmagomedov, you want to see him across the ring, that's the that's fight the you want to fight. Do. And, I mean, you go in there and you pound on old boy and be looking dead at Habib. Habib will jump in the ring if you talk too much trash. Yeah, yeah. That's but that's, you and want. you know that, right? Like, like that, yeah. that seems to me like that. Look, why? This is like the most epic show. Like, episode 177 is going to go down in the history of combat sports talk lore <laughs> as one of the greatest shows ever. We, 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 un, 
we, we figured out the code to how champions are made in these in these elite gyms. It's by having you know a great coach, a great corner, and then an analyst on your you know in your in your camp. It, you know we 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 figured that out, and now we have just gotten Connor back into the octagon against Islam Makhachev that you know they're going to take that fight. You know they take that fight. And now he gets to talk about Islam and Habib. Mm-hmm. Man. Mm-hmm. Hold on. We can break the code once more because we have a fight coming with Cyril Gaon and Derek and Derek Lewis. And you know why that's happening, right? You do know why. You do understand why that's happening. Because Francis Ngannou went back to Cameroon? Now, well, that too, but you know, <laughs> but you know, Francis Ngannou and Cyril Gaon used to be partners. They used to be sparring partners back in the day, and I'm I'm pretty sure that's what happened. That Dana White saw that he's like, hold on, we have a story here at heavyweight that we cannot deny. Okay, if we get Cyril gone and Francis Ngannou, Francis Ngannou ain't even got to talk anymore. He just has to show up and the sparks will be there and we will have black on black crime and it will be beautiful. And that's how it went. Yeah, this is the problem that I have with the Francis Ngannou and Cyril gone fight. Yes, they're going to talk smack to each other in French. In French, like, do you speak French? I mean, I speak a little bit of French. I but, speak a but, little, <laughs> but but that, but that's the thing, right? Is like this is the first time where we've got two fighters who actually speak the same language, and 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 so it's like like I mean English, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you've got uh, English has a second language in Ganu, who his English yes. has gotten better, but he speaks fluent French. You've got a guy coming out of France in Cyril Gan. He fights out of Paris, like. Now you could see them just sitting there yelling at each other back and forth in French, and it's like, what are they saying? I I, I heard merde, but I don't know yeah, anything more yeah, than exactly. that. Yeah, exactly. Oh, sacre bleu! And a lot of spitting, a lot of spitting. There might be a lot of spitting there. Okay. All, right. All I'm saying is my YouTube closed captions is going to be on fire at that press conference. You're going to be on point, say. right? Right. <laughs> call up all call up all of our friends in France and be like, okay, what are they saying? <laughs> you know it, it you know th- this is this is funny but you know talking about conor mcgregor and dustin Poirier, we got to talk about jake paul and jake paul was trolling conor mcgregor got that got that medallion the sleepy conor medallion right yeah man well after dustin Poirier won the fight at ufc 264 dust uh jake paul calls up or hits him on on social media and says hey do you want this do you want this pendant that I had made of Conor McGregor getting knocked out after the the, the second fight, and and Desipoy is like, yeah, send it over. Well, he absolutely did. I know, I know. And he actually it's a hundred thousand dollar chain. And he asked him if he wanted to break the leg, or do you want him to, to keep it intact so he could break the leg? I, it was just like, come on, man. <laughs> but he did that. So, I mean, Logan got to quit this, man, because I'm actually almost starting to like his his trolling. Okay, I'm almost because yeah, you know, while that was quite good. He's a scumbag, but he's pretty funny for a scumbag. You know, it's it, it, it's it's quite good. It's quite good that he went and had the chain made, and it looked like Conor McGregor when he got knocked out by Dustin Poirier. But yep. then to send it to Dustin Poirier, and now Dustin Poirier is going to auction it off for the Good Fight Foundation. Like you could own the Sleepy Conor medallion. 
Yeah, you could. I, I, I really, I really do think that for the, all the Connor trolls out there, I know Kalechi would throw some money at this. Is yeah. they should make <laughs> a, they should make a knockoff version of the Sleepy Connor medallion and just sell it like a plastic, you know, kind of a hard plastic version of the twenty Sleepy bucks Connor. a piece. Yeah, twenty bucks 20 a piece. Bucks. That you people would make m- millions. So yeah. many people would buy the Sleepy Connor um, medallion. Yeah. And, yeah, and it would just be like, you know, get that and get like a five dollar coupon to to proper twelve on top yeah. of that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I would I would buy I would buy a Sleepy Connor <laughs> medallion for twenty bucks if if I could. Yeah, just just for the novelty of it, I'd hang it on one of these posters behind me, you know, and yeah. and it would just be there because it's such a piece of history now. And Jake Paul it, could exactly. totally do that. So and, you know, Jake Paul, if you're listening to me, Jake Paul, hey. Find yourself somebody who can make you a twenty dollar, you know, real super cheap, sleepy Connor knockoff medallion to sell it for twenty bucks a piece on your website. People will buy it in droves. I guarantee you. We all be walking around with sleepy Connors. And you making money off of Connor. All right, remember that. Right. You making money. <laughs> that is so. We're bad. We're bad today. This is okay? the bo- this bad. is the best episode ever. Like I don't know. We're only halfway through the run sheet. And we've already done so much work for for MMA. Like this is it. We're, like we're doing, you know, we're, that's what we do, man. That's we what we to do. Throw some money behind the marketing of this particular episode because this man, is this is how it's done. We need a sponsor, dude. That's what yeah, we need. We, we need some sponsor. Yeah, we do. I, you, you, we'll we'll talk after that. We'll talk so 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 here we go. Habib and America met off. We, you know, we got the connection. So we've got Connor. We've been talking about Islam Makhachev. We've got Connor, we've got Dustin, we've got Jake Paul, mm-hmm. Habib Nurmagomedov. Here's what here, here's the thing with Habib. Habib that has a fan, and I think she's she's from the Caribbean or Bogota, Colombia is where she's from. She's from okay. Bogota, Colombia. Sixty-six okay. year old woman standing oh. out with a sign because of course you know the fight was in the Apex Arena, so Habib is in Islam Makachev's corner. So she knew that Habib was going to be driving by. This lady standing out with a sign, 105 degree weather, saying, please stop for a photo, Mr. Nurmagomedov. That's awesome. Guess what happened? What had happened? He did it, da- didn't he? Dana White found out about this, brought the uh-huh. lady over to the UFC, because you know their headquarters is in, the, in, is in Vegas as well. And yeah, right across the street. Right he there. committed to her that he would reach out to Habib Nurmagomedov and get her there to take a picture with Habib. And he did. He delivered it. And so this lady, 66 years old from Bogota, Colombia, got to meet her favorite fighter, thanks to Dana White, thanks to the, the, the uh, Habib and, and uh, Makhachev's uh, camp. They were able to make that happen. She got a picture with her favorite fighter, Habib Nurmagomedov. That was so that's, that's, that's dope. Okay, and that's that's really dope. So I guess we can't. Well, are we gonna give Dana a pass for the rest of the show that we can't talk bad about him because of listen, this? Now? Listen, you 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 know that the people who tend to talk bad about Dana White aren't on the show today. So yeah, you know, that's true. <laughs> so but we don't need to make a commitment. That's like that's like saying I commit to breathe for the rest of the day. Like we don't really talk bad about Dana White. Yeah, Dana White says some things. Dana White does some things that I don't agree with, but I don't wholesale yes. talk bad about Dana White. Um, right. Because, it, yeah. No, go ahead. Go ahead. Go, no, go, I'm, go, just go, saying, go. I'm just saying that because at the end of the day, he is who he is. And, you know, like him or hate him, don't like his the ways that he does it or, or the way that you do like it. 
he he gets results and you know right now he's got the he's got the way to keep the ufc relevant keep it growing in the midst of all the turmoil that's happening around now you may not like his friends i sure don't like his friends but at the end of the day you got to respect what he does and that's all he asks at the end of the day respect what i have accomplished there you go and that's what we can do so it long story short dope story you know good job dana making a dream come true you know i i i i dig that i dig that i really do dig that because i've actually been out there at vegas at this time of year uh, a couple of years ago oh, my yeah. first trip to vegas was actually today marks like a five years since i left that place and oh, wow. we left on this day at it was 115 degrees at 9 a.m okay see, there see that's the crazy thing about desert weather man because like yeah. i was in arizona and it was like 107 and mm-hmm. and and at in texas we know heat like we know yes. heat in texas don't yes. even don't even play mm-hmm. but that is next level heat over there in the desert like, yes, I don't even you don't even want to play with it. No, no, you don't because the heat is like it's it's like okay. Imagine opening up an oven and kind of sticking your head in it. Okay, mm-hmm. and once you turn it up to 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 that temperature, and just leave it there. You don't really mm-hmm. understand how hot it is until you fall over right. uh, and heat and heat exhaustion. That's that. I mean, it's a it's it's like oh, it's hot. But then you're like, oh, it's okay. And you walk about five blocks and not, and you stop sweating about two and a half blocks in. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, huh, I, I don't feel, and you're over. Okay. You, you, you say that I don't feel too well, but really little do you realize that's just your consciousness, consciousness looking over your body because your body is passed out on the ground and right. you're twitching at that point. Right. And you know, yeah. they got, and, you know, and you know they got firefighters hitting you, you know, what's that? You know about heat exhaustion. Oh yeah, been there, done that. Yeah, I was Recently. almost there. I was almost there. I was like, man, I think I, I, I think I've overdid it. And I was like, I'm looking at the ground, make sure my body, I'm not floating over my body. Like, oh, there's my body right there. I was making sure of that. Okay, it was not. It, it it's something. It's well, something. Talk about somebody floating over their body. <laughs> you like that? You like that? Justin Balboa. Yeah. Not a not a good last name. Not a good last name. You 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 let this Italian stallion down, right? It was a, it was appropriate, man, because he took a beating too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So so we talked about it uh, maybe last week or two weeks ago. Um Joe Schilling, who is a who's a Bellator fighter, um, you know, super great striker. Uh Run has an interaction with this guy, uh, Justin Balboa, who was intoxicated, feeling his his you know being like uh, Platinum Mike Perry got that one percent African blood in him, so he feels like he can he he can say all the lyrics in a rap song. Okay, um, okay, okay. Well, I'll give you that one percent because you know with a name like Balboa suggests that he is italian and the fact that he has dark hair and most and the 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 pure 100 percent, you know i am italian 100 percent. they are blonde hair and blue eyed and with him having dark hair it's it suggests that he is sicilian and and sicilians were invaded by the moors back in the day which went from blonde hair blue eyed to dark haired uh brown eyed people but go ahead Okay, I, I didn't know that we needed the you know the whole etymology of how <laughs> this guy might 
why this guy still don't have the right to say all the lyrics to the song. Um, yeah, the, uh, yeah, yeah. Learned that, learned he's, that from he's an drunk. Italian. He's yep. he's alienating yep. the staff, alienating the, the, a lot of other people. Mm-hmm. Bumps into uh, Joe Schilling as Joe is coming. It looks like from the bathroom or whatever. Mm-hmm. Turns around, says something to Joe Schilling. Joe turns around. The guy flexes at him real quick. Joe drops him with a two-piece, maybe a three-piece and a soda. And yeah. now Justin Balboa is suing for $30,000 in damages, but the but the entire the entire damages uh, case is up to $100,000 that Joe Schilling could be on the uh, on the line for. So, we're going to we're going to keep this, you know, top of mind as this plays out. Perhaps there's going to be some type of um, you know, some type of uh, agreement where, you know, they you know, they settle out of court. Okay, and I'm going to tell you why this won't fly, okay? Um, uh, Joe, in my opinion, needs to go ahead and, and hold his, stick to his gun, say that, and continue to say what he said before. I felt threatened. He was aggressive towards me. I was defending myself. Now, and he did exactly everything he did. Everything he did with just hitting him twice. I think he even hit him once. Was it once or twice? It was a he two, might have hit two. He got him with the left right, and the right's what dropped him. Yeah. Well, guess what? That he actually exerted minimal force to put him on the ground to defend himself. So oh, yeah. he could he could literally argue that hey, he had been aggressive towards everybody the entire night. I you know he he flexed at me. I defended myself and I walked away. Because I did not want to, I, I was fearing for my life. And I would totally have to say, you know what? I got to let that fly because. Well, this is the thing. If it had happened in like New York, maybe mm-hmm. Justin Balboa had a better case. This mm-hmm. happened in, in Washington. Maybe Balboa would have a better case. This happened in, in, in Florida. It happened in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And what mm-hmm. we know about Fort Lauderdale, Florida, like it or not, it is a stand your ground state. Yes, it is. So the moment the moment Justin Balboa made an aggressive move towards just Joe Schilling, he Joe Schilling is empowered by the law to defend himself, which he did yep. with a three piece and a soda. And I'm sorry, Joe Schilling. I mean, uh, Justin Balboa, you you caught it. You caught it. Yeah. All. Yeah, and, and, and you know it was a darn shame because nobody went to pick you up afterwards. Okay, no, they and, just and left that's the to... thing <laughs> you see in the video. The woman that's with him, after he gets dropped, she goes back and sits down, and he is laying on the floor. Like she didn't rush to his aid. She went no. like, "Oh no, I don't want none of that. You want some of this, old man?" She's like, "No." no. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's 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 one of those things where it's a stand your ground state. And Joe Schilling stood his ground, and just Justin Balboa fell to the ground. Like, like that's how it works. Yeah, he caught two hot ones and for his troubles. So there, there it, it is. Was. So, so I'm interested to see how this is going to play out. Of course, the the venue is also being sued. Uh, I, I don't understand how how suing the venue works whenever your your boy basically got into a fight. At yeah. The venue. Uh, they think that what what this is is pretty much that they're going to try and put a little pressure on the venue saying that, you know, do you want this type of press or are you going to settle quickly? I hope the venue sits there and says, no, we want this type of press because yeah, we want, I want all the that, smoke. You know, we want people to know that MMA fighters come and hang out here and you really shouldn't start nothing. 
Yeah, right, that's right. that's what I would market. You know. <laughs> well, you know somebody else who's in who's in the Florida area who's looking for a fight. Maybe he should go in and go 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 flex at Joe Schilling, and that is Luke Rockhold. Uh, is he in Florida? I thought he was a California guy. Nah, Luke Rockhold. Oh, no, he did go to Florida. The, yeah, he did start training. Yeah, how's that working? Yeah, Luke. Remember, Luke Rockhold is former Strike Force champion. Luke yes, Rockhold is former UFC middleweight champion. Yes, and then he, he found he he learned that he has a glass jaw. Michael Bisping is the one who introduced him to uh, glass mm-hmm. jawland, and and now Luke Rockhold can't find an opponent because Luke Rockhold thinks that he is still relevant, and it's like nobody wants to fight you not because they're scared of you like Islam Makhachev. No, yeah. nobody wants to fight you because you're irrelevant. Exactly. They're like, who are you? You need to go ahead and start at the once again. Look, guys, I understand. You guys have been at the top. You guys have been at the at the top of the mountain with your belt hanging on your shoulder, across your waist. But guess what? There comes like Buster Rhymes once had a song called "Legends of the Fall Off." All right, you guys have fell off. It's time to start from the bottom and work it back up. Right. Let these hey, and you gotta go you go gotta get up there and get some respect in your name. Okay. Mm-hmm. You be know, like that Drake a, song. Mm. Start from Which the bottom. It? Now I'm here. Exactly. You gotta start from the bottom. You gotta start from the bottom. Come start on. At number, exactly. Start at number fifteen and just continue to work your way up. Make them make hey. It's just like hey. Make them say your name. Say it, respect it, or check it. And I mean R E S P E C K. Right. Okay. All right. That's all you gotta do. Just continue to do that. Don't worry about your hand placement when you're doing it. When you're trying to do the face off, just keep them balled up in a fist. All right, I'm just saying. And it's easy money. That's the thing. Like if you if you're that great, Luke. Luke, I'm talking to you. Look, I'm looking straight into the camera. Look, look at him, look at him dog. Look at just me. look at him. Luke, mm-hmm. I'm talking to you right now. Mm-hmm. If you're that good, if you deserve these top fighters, mm-hmm. then what is a minute and a half in the ring? Against a, against a guy who's ranked number 15. What is the difference? What is yep. the difference? Yeah. Go in there, exactly. you, you, you have your fight, and that way now you got a recent highlight film because if your claim to fame is that you were a UFC middleweight champion and your belt doesn't have rubies on it, then you are the previous generation. Yeah, exactly. If your belt isn't shaped like an octagon, you are the previous generation. So whatever you accomplished before the changing of the design of the belt is irrelevant these days. You exactly. need you can't a belt. Be a part- yeah, you need a belt that's shaped like an octagon. Yeah, you can't be part of the modern wing now. You're you're part of the of the of the pioneers now. That's right. Okay. That's right. So so just take that easy money. Go in there, fight fight a top fifteen guy. If you're that good, you wipe him out. Now you got a highlight. Now people will be like, oh, maybe Luke Rockhold is back. Then fight yeah. yourself a 10. Oh, maybe Luke Rockhold is back. And here we, you, John and I, we're going to be like, oh, man, Luke Rockhold's back. But if the you want to sit there and, is here. Yeah, if you want to sit there and fight a number five, five guy right off the top, number one, that doesn't help a number five guy. Because mm-hmm. you're not ranked right now, as far as I'm yes. concerned. Yep. And so if you're not ranked, why would a number five guy take a chance on you? Because at the end of the day, yeah, you are good. And a fighter, there's a fighter's chance at every time. So why would I take a chance on somebody like Luke Rockhold? No, you fight your way up. 
you make a name for yourself again, and then now you can start saying that the bunch of bums are chasing that the bunch of bums are running from you. Islam Makachev is doing it. Everybody's running from him. Everybody ran from Kamara Usman. Mm-hmm. I mean, seriously, this is one of those moments where he could literally be like the boogeyman and just start at number 15, wreck shop on him and be looking at the camera like, you see what I did to him? You next, mm-hmm. number 14, and walk off. He And every time Joe Rogan sticks a mic in his face, hey, Luke, how was your fight? And he just says, number 14, you're next, and just push the mic out the way and walk out the ring. That would be the all the promo he needs. He needs a now, Goldberg promo. Yeah, just just you be, need to like, be like Goldberg. Boom, and 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 and, and if, look, if you're if you're that healthy, be like Kevin Holland. Kevin Holland was fighting like every other week. He was fight, finding a way to fight. I'd be like, okay, or or even better, um, uh, Chimaya. Uh, yeah, Hamzat Chimaya. Hamzat Chimaya was booking fights for the fight after the fight. He was still planning on fighting. Yes, he was Do literally. That. He was fighting on Saturday. They said we had a fight on Wednesday. Oh, I'm gonna. I know I'm gonna be there. It's like, wait a minute, what? You know, yeah. You know, he didn't care. Yeah. You know, that's what you need to be now, Luke. Quit. You know, you're an underwear model. You used to be. That's great. You dated Demi Lovato. That's great too. Guess what? You can try to be a killer now. So go do some killer things. That's All right. right. Start Don't eating look. raw meat. Start yeah. eating Alpo. That's what you need to do. Start eating mm-hmm. Alpo and living outside. Name a killer who goes after the toughest game first. The Lions don't take out the biggest bull. They take out the small no. bulls first. That's yes. what I'm saying. Like, that's, the, that's how you do it, Luke. So go you do know, it. Yeah, Vin Diesel said it best. You go to the yard. Find a dude. Whoop him down so bad that nobody else wants to mess with you. And then look at the next guy like you next. Hashtag right. family, baby. Hashtag yes. family. Nothing stronger than family. All right. Last thing, and then we get into the fight card. Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder 3, they have a date October 9th, 10-9-21. We are going to see the rubber match, the number three time they're getting into the ring. Personally, for me, I'm still in the corner of Tyson Fury. I don't think we're going to see anything different. I have still say it to this day, Tyson Fury is the better boxer. I think Deontay Wilder has got more power. But at the end of the day, Tyson Fury, that head movement is ridiculous. That footwork is ridiculous. Deontay Wilder is going to have as much trouble hitting Tyson Fury in the third match as he did in the second match. And so I think Tyson Fury probably won't get the finish this time. But I think Tyson Fury still wins by decision. Yeah, I hope in this off time that Deontay Wilder's been working on the technical stuff. Okay, because the power is there, but the technical yep. stuff is not. Whereas Tyson Fury, he, you know, the age-old question is, what is better, technique or natural ability? And I will always say technique, all right? Because technique requ- requires something that natural ability sometimes doesn't, and that's drive. That's passion, Okay, you've got to want it to build it. Okay, right. to build it to make it perfect. It is a passion that that a person that with natural talent, you know, rarely has. I'm not saying that Deontay Wilder doesn't have it, but Fury's been having it. So okay. let's go ahead and answer Kangaroo Jack's question. Kangaroo Jack sent this uh, at the very early part of the show. Just wasn't relevant until now that we're talking about boxing. Sorry, it Jack. Is- yeah. So he goes, uh, got a question for both of you. What would be more difficult, fighting a heavyweight boxer or a naturally gifted boxer? I think you answered that question, though, with the it would be the naturally gifted boxer or the person who has the technique. 
that a yes. heavyweight fighter, yeah, it is tough because the fight, it's a one-punch knockout. Anytime anybody could get lights out, that's always the risk. But with a naturally gifted boxer, the knockout is is there. The TKO is there. Getting broke, you know, just get getting cut up, swollen, all that stuff with a guy who has technique because there's you could land that big punch on a on a heavyweight boxer as easily as they could land it on you. But the yes. problem is is that a naturally gifted boxer or someone who has great technique, you can't hit them. Boxing is about right. not getting hit. Right. I mean, and you know, you can answer that question uh, by going back and looking at the old UFC UFC tapes where they had, you know, fighters from all over the world, different sizes, no weight class, fighting each other. Okay, and if you wanted to answer the question, you you could tell who are the good fighters, are the naturally gifted fighters. Okay, and who are the ones that really trained at it? Hoist Gracie was not a naturally gifted fighter. He was a trained fighter. He was a fourth degree black belt at the time of UFC one. Okay, so he had training. He he, you know, and that's what I believe. Now Hickson Gracie, he was the naturally gifted fighter. He was the killer. Okay, and if you really want to go watch what he did, uh, there's a documentary out there. Okay, called choke. Watch it. It details it details uh, actually the official the first official rules for MMA, and that led to the creation of Pride. Okay, so I would I strongly suggest anybody if you really want to get into the mind of Gracies, or really want to know how it all how Pride all began, how we got the rules of why is it that you know a person you know where the ten count went. And everything like that in MMA, you need to watch that because it was really interesting. It was really funny, and you know, like I said, it's just it's crazy to to listen to the to the Gracie philosophy. You'll be like, okay, I understand now why is it that they're so dogged like they are. But there you go. All right, let's go ahead and 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 wrap this up. We're gonna go into our final segment of the show, and that is the fight card. All right. This is the fight card. This is where we talk about the fights that are coming up this week. We've got two big ones, and then one big one for us, the the fans uh, and, and the fans of the of, of Combat Sports Talk. We're going to talk about it, but first, we're going to go off with BKFC, the Bare Knuckle Fighting Championships, number nineteen, Paige Van Zant versus Rachel Ostovich, Friday, July twenty third, twenty twenty one, at the Florida State Fairgrounds in Tampa, Florida. There are five fights on the card. We are going to only make our picks, flash fight picks for the main event. But you got Tyler Starling versus Cassie Robb fighting 125 pounds. Britton Hart's back. Britton Hart. Yes. Okay. Britton Hart, if you win this fight, I'm reaching out to you. We're going to get you on the show because this is going to be two in a row for Britton Hart. Britton Hart is fighting Jenny Savage. You got Blueface. I don't know who Blueface is. We're going to look up Blueface. Okay. All right. So Blueface. I do okay. know who Blueface is. Blueface is a rapper. Okay, he he's a, he's been on Instagram because he's known for having like two girlfriends at the same time, and they live they're all living together and everything. It's pretty crazy. But yeah, Blueface is a rapper. I've seen him. I've seen Kane Trujillo. Kane's in trouble. Okay, unless Kane is like a like a martial art master that we didn't know anything about. Okay, uh, Kane's in some surreal trouble. All right, run, Kane. Hit the bicycle, 
run the match. All right. We got a heavyweight fight, Arnold Adams versus Michael Terrell. Mm-hmm. And then a main event of the evening, 125 pounds, Paige Van Zant, PVZ, tw- uh, 12 gauge versus Rachel Ostovich. Now, who you got in this fight? Because I'm going to tell you, I'm going to make mine r- pick real fast. <clears throat> Rachel Ostovich, um, she's a striker. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and I, I really think that her striking is going to prove to be better than Paige Van Zant. You know, the challenge that Paige Van Zant had when she fought Britton Hart is the fact that Paige is an is a UFC fighter versus Britton Hart, who kind of made her way through the fight game but never reached the apex of women's MMA, which is the UFC. Rachel Ostovich is a, also a UFC fighter. She is a striker. She's been at the pinnacle and stayed in the UFC longer than Paige Van Zant. And yes. I'm not talking about number of years. I'm just saying she was more recently an MMA fighter in the UFC than Paige Van Zant, who left at the end of her contract. Rachel Ostovich, even though she lost her fight, uh, her last fight in the UFC, she was looking really good. So I'm yes, going to go ahead and pick Rachel Ostovich to beat Paige Van Zant on Friday at BKFC 19. Okay, so... <sighs> This is going to be very interesting because, you know, have you seen a person that's weight that, you know, that's at the same weight but built very differently? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I After looking at these two, I see that Rachel looks like she's got more power than than Paige does. So I, too, will pick, uh, pick uh, Rachel. I will do. Uh, just because I think she has the more power. She is a known striker. Uh, Paige was not that well known as a striker okay she was at at team alpha male they're wrestlers over there exactly they're wrestlers known for for doing the guillotine choke okay so that's their thing so i don't see it going anywhere but i mean but i will say this the fight to actually also pay attention to is not just the blue face fight versus kane trujillo i'll watch that just for any but it's the britain hart versus jenny savage fight because britain yeah, because Britain's got heat about this because she's upset because she has put blood, sweat, and tears in this, and she's like, why is it that these two get a main event and I don't? She said very strictly, you know, Paige Van Zet said you come for the boobies and you stay for the for the real fighters. She's like, well, I'm a real fighter, and I'm going to stay here for them. And Conley Mike dropped and walked off on the press conference. So she's really upset, and I feel I'm gonna feel really bad for Jenny Savage because I think she's got some some. There's gonna be some anger beating going on, and yep. Jenny gonna be on the end of it. So yeah, Jenny ain't gonna, yeah, J- J- Jenny, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be bad for Jenny. I, we're, Jenny I'm better come with a, heart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She better come with a handgun. You're gonna see how savage she is. You're gonna see how savage she is. But uh, yeah. but the thing is, I got Britain Hart. You know, shout out to her. Hopefully, she mm-hmm. will come out. I mean, she's already beaten Paige Van Zant. So we, we know yes. that she's, you know, she's a straightforward fighter. She's going to come at you. You know, Jenny better weather the storm if she wants to try to make it out of that first round. So uh, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Uh, coming up next fight, we've got UFC Vegas 32, uh, Sanhagen versus Dillashaw. This is the return of the snake, TJ Dillashaw, Saturday, July 24, 2021 at the Apex Arena in Las Vegas, Nevada. We've got five fights on the card. Trevin Jones versus Tony Kelly. Got Aspen mm-hmm. Ladd versus Macy. Ch- uh, uh, hold on, hold on. Kiesen. 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 I think it's Kiesen. 
Kissin. Okay. Thank yeah. you so much for the for the backup. See, George would have just had me re- repeat it like six times. <laughs> I'm doing this. I'm doing this one for you, Macy <laughs> Barber versus exactly. Miranda Maverick, which is going to be a great fight. We're going to pick that fight. Brendan okay. Allen versus Puna Soriano. And then the main mm-hmm. event of the evening is Corey Sanhagen versus TJ Dillashaw. Uh, let's go ahead and pick the Macy Barber fight. Uh, we got Macy Barber versus Miranda Maverick. Who you got? Man, I'm going. I'm going Macy Barber not only because of you know my loyalty, but because she. I think she's got the skill set to go ahead and take down Maverick. You know what? I like Miranda Maverick. Um, right. I remember seeing her fight. Uh, I, I honestly I think Macy Barber is a more um is a more talented fighter. I mm-hmm. think that she's got a lot more weapons and she's just so freaking strong. She's a beast. Yes. Yeah. Um, Look to this. This this is gonna be a good fight, ladies and gentlemen. It's gonna be a good Don't fight. Don't sleep. So, Don't go get the drinks on this fight. Okay. But Miranda Maverick is not a slouch. So I'm I'm gonna pick Miranda Maverick. Um, you've got Macy Barber. We'll see who wins. Somebody's eating crow on this one, unless yes. uh, un- unless we we choose differently on Can- Corey Sanhagen versus TJ Dillashaw. Who you got? Okay, so based off the code breaking that we've done earlier in this show, um, Trevor Whitman's going to be in that corner. I'm going with TJ Dillashaw against all better instincts because I'm not a TJ. I'm not, I'm not a fan of the dude. I'm a fan of his work. Okay. I'm mm-hmm. highly upset that he has, that he cheated, that he got popped. Okay. But he has done his two years sentence and he need it's time for him to come back. Let's see what he does. Well, it's a great fight. Corey Sanhagen, of course, oh, is, God, yes. is a, is a, is a <laughs> dynamic striker. I mean, his, his, his highlight reel knockout of Frankie Edgar, throwing that flying knee was unbelievable i mean just yeah just just put edgar out um but tj dillashaw is kind of royalty at at at, at 135 pounds and so i i just can't imagine that tj dillashaw and his unorthodox uh footwork you know the, the way that he puts together his combos things like that is something that needs to be tested because he has been out of the out of the out of the octagon for a while his last fight was embarrassing at at, at against uh, Henry Cejudo. So it's it's like TJ has something to prove, and I think that what we're going to find out is TJ Dillashaw still has it at 135. I got him winning against Corey Sanhagen in the main event, but let's not don't blink because Corey Sanhagen really has something to prove. He wants to get at the uh, the winner of of Peter Yan and Aljamain Sterling. He's going after that belt. Oh, they both are. I think this Let, is going to be a number one number one contender. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think this is going to be it. All right, last fight. Last fight is OKC Canifist one, the very first Canifist fight for OKC. Uh, this is Saturday, July twenty fourth, twenty twenty one, at the Lost Lakes Adventure Park in Oklahoma City. It's also on Fight TV for nineteen ninety nine. Fighting at one hundred and eighty five pounds is Elijah Corey versus George Stallworth. There's like a thousand fights on this card. Let me just say. There are a ton of fights on this card. There, they, if you actually go to the event, which I'm planning to go to the event, there's oh, even a, they're having rap battles. Like this thing is, this thing is, if, <laughs> if, if, if you can fight with words or with fists, you're welcome at Canifist OKC Canifist One. 
So that's what uh, I'm talking about. Yeah. So I'm not gonna go through the whole card. Uh, we're just gonna go through the 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 feature fight that we want to that we want to want to want to call, and then we've got the co-main and the main. But just know that it's going. They're gonna have rap battles uh, at OKC Cannabis um, on Saturday uh, afternoon. So the feature fight is Corey uh, Elijah Corey versus George G Money Stallworth. That's right. One of the co-hosts of Combat Sports Talk is stepping back into the ring on Saturday afternoon or Saturday evening, um, and we uh, we got to make that pick. So, uh, John Keys, who you got? Well, you know, based off the the investigations I've been doing into Elijah Corey, I haven't been able to find much information, but I do know G Money Stallworth, and uh, I've been I've been trying to gas him up and get him mad and angry so we can see an anger beating come on saturday so um yeah i'm gonna pick uh george g money stallworth for uh for an uh an impressive technical strike clinic all right well you know uh, just to be the contrarian mm-hmm. nah, i'm just kidding there's no way i'm thinking of this george <laughs> like, are you crazy like we're I'm not gonna take gonna that LP tonight <laughs> probably gonna see george tonight he would kill me if i'd picked against him um, oh yeah but, he's probably uh, watching now. Yeah, he probably is. Uh, the, here's the deal. I absolutely have George Stallworth. I have. I remember talking to him, you know, months ago, where he said, "I want to get one more fight in." There's nobody that I know that is more passionate, more dedicated about trying to get back into this ring and really prove not only to himself but to his students, to us, to everyone that he still has it. And so I have seen him cut the weight. Be disciplined. He's training multiple times a day. He told me that he sees this fight getting stopped. And so, therefore, I have George G. Money Stallworth. I think he's going to finish this fight before it goes to the the judges' scorecards. And we're going to see him walk away, probably even get offered another fight, and hopefully he'll take it, and we'll see his career take off like we know it can. So that's it. Uh, we got the co-main. The co-main event is Montaigne McFarland versus Daniel Turner. It's a 200-pound uh, – it's, it's a fight at, at 200 pounds. And then the main event of the evening, Shane Armstrong versus Alex Perez for the very first 155-pound Canafist title, lightweight title on the line, Shane Armstrong versus Alex Perez. Don't know anything about any of these fighters, so we're not going to pick them. But, Fair enough. you know, it, it, it'd be a toss-up. Follow us on social media. Uh, on Instagram, I'm at Combat Sports Talk. And I am at Keys to Victory, where I have been trying to chronicle my my weight loss, even though I've tried to kill myself uh, earlier last week. But I will be back on it come Monday because I got some things to talk about as well. All right, all right, all right. Um, we also have George. If you want to follow George G. Money Stallworth and his, his run-up to uh, the fights this uh, this coming weekend, you can follow him at Darkside underscore Muay Thai underscore. And if you if, if you want to see what's up with KC, Kalechi Onyebuchi, you can follow him at Push Pull Prey on Instagram. You can find us on www.combatsportstalk.com, and we are on all of your favorite podcasting platforms. Let me throw those up there. Blam. There they are. Oh, there shout they out, are. Oh, wow. There they are. Shout out to Brilliant. MMA Junkie, MMA Fighting, MMA Mania, Bloody Elbow, and the Intelligent Defense Discussion Group, where all the other sites will be providing the stories that we use on our show. We still have been neglecting our our, our discussion group, so we got to find a way to get back on there. Those folks out there who's still waiting for us to engage on the Intelligent Defense Discussion Group, 
we are we are we are coming with new topics for show for show. All right, let's go ahead and call it. On behalf of John Keys, I'm Ryan Smith, reminding you to keep your hands up, your chin tucked, and throw bombs. We'll catch you next time.